Welcome to the Healthy Hair Podcast. Your host, Dr. Amy Brenner, is a board-certified OBGYN with additional certifications in functional and integrative medicine. This podcast is meant to help women find reliable, relevant information to help them feel better, look better, and live better. Here you will hear in-depth information about hormones, sexual medicine, aesthetics, cosmetic gynecology, and functional medicine. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Her. I sure do want to express my thanks to all of your support of listening to this podcast and sending us emails about what you want to hear and what you liked. So if you ever want to send us an email, feel free to send us an email at contact at dramybrenner.com. So anyway, on to today's episode, we are going to talk about a skin disorder that has a favorite of uh, uh, going down to the vulva, and it is called lichen sclerosis. Uh, Not a lot of people know about lichen sclerosis unless you're one of the 3% of women that actually have lichen sclerosis. It's a chronic condition. It has a bimodal distribution. So what that means is it affects teenagers and then it affects people like around the time of menopause. And it can be pretty brutal. Uh, It primarily affects the skin of the vulva, which that means down there, all of the parts down there, your labia minora, your majora, the clitoris, the clitoral hood. And it can um, result in spotty and patchy white skin. Uh, It's been described as like cigarette paper. Uh, It can cause scarring. Uh, It can cause obliteration of your labia minora being scarred to the majora, scarring over your clitoral hood where you can't see the clitoris anymore. And so as you can imagine, this can lead to a lot of discomfort and even uh, painful sex. There's not a lot of knowledge surrounding this condition. Um, A lot of times it starts in women with just some chronic itching, and sometimes it can take years before it's even diagnosed. Because what do you think about when you think of itching down there? You pretty much think in women uh, a yeast infection. So a lot of times it goes undiagnosed, and sometimes providers aren't familiar with diagnosing and treating um, this disorder. So I'm really excited to um, share with you what we have in store for you today. We have someone who is actually brave enough to share their journey about this condition in hopes of helping other women who might be suffering with similar symptoms that have been diagnosed with lichen sclerosis. As you can imagine, some of the things that we're going to talk about are pretty private. So for um, her privacy, uh, we are going to keep her anonymous and we are going to refer to her as Stephanie. So thank you for joining us today, Stephanie. You're welcome. So let's just go back in time. Um, When did your journey um, with this disease, lichen sclerosis, begin? Well, it wasn't something that I'd ever heard of. Um, I am one of these people that um, I'm I'm faithful in going to my gynecologist every year. I've done that every year since I was 19 years old. So I 
it it was a shock to me that in like two early 2019, um, my gynecologist had was doing a routine exam and said, "Oh, you have the beginnings of lichen sclerosis," and I and I was like, "What?" I had I had no idea what it was, and and he took a mirror and he showed me my vagina, and I had these I had a white patching on. Um, on the skin in between the labia majora and the uh, and the menorah, and it extended um, around the perineum and and went onto in onto my anus, and I and I'd never noticed it. it was just light light colored white patches. Were you having symptoms then? Um, at the time, I was I was having a lot of itching, and and I was. I kept thinking, man, I'm just, I, I thought maybe I had some kind of dermatitis or something like that, but I was just having a lot of itching and a lot of irritation. But for me, over the, and, and well, so when he, when he showed me this, I thought he, he acted like it was no big deal. And, and he gave me some, uh, or he, he wanted to do a biopsy. So we did a biopsy that day. And what was that? that what was that like? That was pretty painful. Okay, <laughs> I'll be honest. That was pretty painful. Um, but he did. He he uh, used lidocaine, um, and I'm thinking I got a shot. And I think the shot was more painful than the actual biopsy. But the biopsy later, um, like it was painful for a good week and a half. That that biopsy because they've got to go through a lot of layers of skin to actually do a diagnosis of light of, of the of the LS. So um, and I was. At that point, I was kind of in shock because I, I didn't know what it was. Um, I hadn't had a chance to Google anything yet, so um, which that was probably not that's <laughs> Google Googling your medical conditions is, is, is not fun anyway, so because you're just going to jump down every kind of rabbit hole you can possibly think of. But um, I, at that point, I just was, let's take a biopsy and everything's fine and, and I didn't think anything of it. Um, but as soon as I got home and started researching it, then I was, I started getting a little concerned. Um, the what I saw in me did not look anything like the pictures that I had seen online, and and my doctor had acted like it really wasn't that big of a deal. He gave me some uh, estrogen cream and told me that I needed to apply it. He was very specific about where I should apply it and that I didn't put it all over the vagina, that I only put it on the opening of my vagina. And he was just very specific. It it did not do anything to relieve the itching. Um, and it, it just, I, the more I thought about it and the more I read about it, I thought, well, this is just, this can't be, this can't be all there is. Um and I, I went back three months later. Um, we we changed creams to a different to to a different cream because I started uh, having more irritation from the uh, from the estrace, and um, and I and I his attitude just seemed to be that this was just a part of of menopause. This now, did he just, give you a steroid cream or just an estrogen? Just cream? just gave me an estrogen cream, and it was just the estrace. That's all he gave me. Um, and there was no talk about steroids. There was no talk about um, what can happen when this, when and if this, if and when this d- disease progresses farther than what it is. Um, mine, unfortunately, started to progress. Um, when I think back to the years before that, I think that I had 
several years of the beginnings of this that I didn't know about. Um, I was having frequent yeast infections. I had a couple of um, bacterial, um, the BV infections. Mm -hmm. Um, And every one of them came right after I had intercourse with my husband. And it got to the point where we just stopped having intercourse because it was it was it was just the biggest pain to have to uh, go through the treat go through you know spend a couple of weeks going through treatment and then as soon as we had intercourse again it was right, it was back, where it, right back where I started from and I just got to the point I was like this this is we can find other things to do other than this and at that time I didn't I had I was still going to my my regular gynecologist and 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 being treated for yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis but but no but there wasn't any visible signs of this and there was never any talk that there could be possibly be anything else mm-hmm. now at that time and that's I, pretty typical for this kind of disease it can take years before somebody's officially diagnosed with lichen sclerosis so your story is pretty classic yeah and that's that's kind of what I'm finding out and um, at that time I was also, so I started doing, when I was in my early 40s, I was having um, early, uh, perimenopause. So I was already having hot flashes. Um, and so there was already kind of this slowing down of my, my system. And I, I, guess I, I guess I was kind of preparing myself that this is, this is just part of, of getting older. This is just kind of what menopause is going to look like. And, you know, I stopped having a period, uh, went full in full menopause when I was 50 um, and and just kind of thought, OK, this is what it's going to look like. But this uh, this this LS was a whole other was a whole other ball of wax. It was I mean, when I say it was itching, it's intense itching. Um, and I've tried oh, I, I, 20, 30 different products everything from yeah what what did you try uh, oh my gosh i've tried um MUAID, uh i used something called v magic i used uh vaseline um coconut oil um barrage oil i <laughs> and and every there's probably 20 different um vulval creams that you can get that i i went through every one of them on amazon trying to find something that that either that that would just make it feel better um, because it was it was dry. And this was before you were diagnosed. This, this was well, no, this was after I was diagnosed. Okay. This is after I was diagnosed, and um, because it seemed like as soon as I got that diagnosis, things just started trailing downhill. And I and I do think that stress, the stress of knowing this, and the st- just stress in general, just can kind of th- kick this into high gear. Um, I didn't know I had it, but now that I knew I had it, it was, that was, that was the focus. Mm -hmm. And so I think it made it even, I think I even made it even worse just because that was where my focus was. Yeah. Did any of those over the counter creams help? The only thing that I found that helped was the MUAID and it helped me personally just for the itching. But I've talked to other people who have experienced this that it did not help. So I think, I think you could probably find something that might help you for, a period of time, um, you might find something that does help with the symptoms. It's but it's very individual in into what people can put on their skin, and and not cause a yeast infection, yeah. right? Or not cause something else to happen. 
when you're putting all these products on there. Um, so it, it really, it, it's trial and error. Did the estrogen help at all? The estrogen did not help. I don't think that the estrogen helped for my, for my lichens. One, because I don't think I was using enough. And I don't think I was, I don't, I don't think I was being, I don't think it was applied properly. Gotcha. So, and now, that's Did he me. ever give you a steroid cream? No, I went, I, um, I got really frustrated because I felt like his attitude I felt like his attitude was such that this was it was not a big deal. And I guess I guess I thought, you know, if this was on your dick, you'd probably think that this was a big deal. But it's on my vagina and and it's not a big deal for you. It's a very big deal for me. So um, I I. I went to go see a vulva specialist. I went and saw a vulvar specialist. And that was actually just trying to get an appointment to go see one was jumping through a bunch of hoops. Um, you know, I had to get re- I had to get a referral and then they had to agree to the refer- to the referral for me to see her. And around that time, I had uh, I was I was doing all kinds of researching for different doctors. And that was what I when I found you. And I had read that the stuff that you were doing was a little different than what the standard of care. And the standard of care was a very strong uh, steroidal, clobetazole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually given, um, to, mm, starts with a T. To, Triamcinolone? Uh, yes. Um, and I used that for... So the vulvar specialist gave you the vulvar a triamcinolone, which is, which is a steroid cream. Correct. It's just not as potent Correct. as clobetazole. Correct. And I... When I went to see the vulvar specialist, I was I was so excited because I was thinking, okay, this she, this is all this, this is all she deals is this, she just deals with vaginas and she's gonna she's gonna she, we're gonna fix this. Um, she brought her assistant in, who was I guess a fellow who was learning. Um, they manhandled my junk, um, and I and I was actually okay with that because because I'm like figure it out, find out what's going on there, let's let's solve this problem, mm-hmm. and. Um, and they talked amongst themselves and they mentioned absorption and they mentioned adhesion and they mentioned, um, oh, they mentioned some, uh, a discoloration word, but it was a fancier term. And, but they weren't talking to me. They like were kenification. Yes. Okay. But they were talking amongst themselves and she was showing all, showing everything that was going on with me. But she wasn't talking to me about it. And and I thought, okay, she's going to sit down with me later and we're going to have a combo. That didn't happen. Um, everybody left the room. I got a prescription uh, for this uh, steroidal. And I was told that I needed to apply it every day. And 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 that was it. I was on and, and come back in three months. Then I thought, okay, um, I would have liked to have se- First of all, I would have liked to have seen what she was seeing and show me the adhesion and show me the absorption, show me what's going on because I can look at it with a mirror, but I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So let's go over some of those words. So adhesions. So sometimes with lichen sclerosis, you can get adhesions. Another name for that is scarring. So for a lot of women in late stage lichen sclerosis, the labia minora or the inner lips can actually fuse or adhere or cause adhesions to the outside bigger lips. Um, Not sure that happened to you, but sometimes that can happen to people. And then, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes the clitoral hood can have adhesions and scar over the clitoris. So that's what 
adhesions mean. Lichenification is just the medical term for what we use for that thin, crepey white tissue of what it looks like um, on the vulva that lichen sclerosis can cause. Yeah. I So I have some adhesion um, and my adhesion is in the lower, um, the, the posterior part of the, um, the, the, uh, labia minora. Um, and I have, I have a little bit of adhesion, I believe on the, on the tip of the hood. Um, but since I've been doing the therapy that has, um, that has decreased significantly. Um, the therapy that you and I were doing. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So you, you did you use the steroids for a while? I used the steroids for about three months, um, and I applied it daily. And it was uh, it was very difficult because it was um, it burned, mm-hmm. it burned a lot, and um, I felt like I was I felt like I was walking around with a yeast infection the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was itchy, it was irritating, and then I'm still having to put this cream on. N- this cream did not help any of the the external itching that was happening because of the um, because of the the lichens. I had this new kind of itch. So, um, but by that time, uh, after about I didn't I did not make it back to see her for my three month. Um, I came in and I actually saw you. And we, well, I decided I was going to do a different, a different therapy um, because I, my experience with, with steroids in general um, is that it, this is, it doesn't solve the problem. This is just treating the symptom. This is not solving the problem. Now, it usually does for a lot of people, it ne- at least initially help with that itching. So that's actually kind of unusual is um, at least at the beginning. um, Now, maybe it was because it wasn't the the standard therapy. Most doctors, it's kind of like a knee jerk, lichen lichen sclerosis equals clobetazole prescription. So maybe yours just wasn't potent enough. But for most people, using an ultra potent steroid like clobetazole does help with the itching pretty almost immediately. Now, there probably are some benefits taking a steroid, such as it was inexpensive and covered by your insurance. So those are the benefits. And that is what probably 99% of gynecologists in the world are treating lichen sclerosis. Well, I think when when you already have an irritating condition, you've already got an inflamed condition on the skin in an area where you start putting, you start adding creams and you start adding lotions into an area that quite frankly, you, you, you just, you're just introducing a host of things into the vaginal canal that, that, that shouldn't be there. (laughs) And for me, I just felt like I was just, I just, I always was irritated. I felt always itchy, always irritated. And, and just like, this is never going to go away. I'm just going to be this giant itchy, this giant itchy thing. So No, it just was not working for me. So not only were you having all these symptoms, but it had actually interfered with your sex life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so I I mentioned that we were already having problems with intercourse because every time we had intercourse, it became this this new thing. Well, turned out it was 
my um, my labia was being torn. Um, my labia was actually tearing um, not from intercourse, but from um, masturbation or any kind of of any kind of rubbing down there. My my menorah had torn. It had torn on two separate occasions. And in fact, my husband noticed it and was like, what is this? We haven't had intercourse. So how did your, how did your menorah get torn? Uh, and I, you know, I, I, like, it was like that last month. I'm like, we had this problem last month. This is, this is part of whatever this is. And it's, it is, um, it is, it's very scary, first of all, because when you think about it, it this progressive disease that is just, it's slowly um, where your vagina is just kind of, the parts of your vagina are slowly disappearing. Um, it's, it's, it is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that, 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 that the hood could close over or that my, um, that I might, you know, my urethra could, could close over and may not be able to pee or might have to have that surgically fixed or, I mean, all these things are are terrifying. Um, it's bad enough going through menopause and all the problems that you have with menopause, but then to have this happening um, was just overwhelming. And and have all this happening during the pandemic, where <laughs> yeah, I can't go see anybody. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and everything that was going on with the pandemic, it, it was uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty ridiculous. So because lichen sclerosis does tend to happen to menopausal women, like you, like most people have a double whammy is not only do you have a skin disease called lichen sclerosis, but you also have something called vulvovaginal atrophy or just thinning of the skin because of decreased hormones. So it's a double whammy. Yes. And yeah. And I experienced that. That's when I, that's when I really... Uh, when I came to see you, I was to the point where um, we had tr- we had attempted intercourse, and it felt like somebody had dipped his 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 junk in, in broken glass. Oh. That's how painful it was, and it wasn't from it wasn't from um, from a lot of of it wasn't from a lot of, from vigorous sex. It was the initial entry, I was like, that's it. We're done. I mean, that's, and that's when I knew, I was like, I, I'm like, this is progressing way too quickly. And it was, it was progressing really quick. And that's why I say the, the stress, I, I it, it was not helping. The stress that was happening all around, um, in, in my case, I just had a lot of things that were going on in my life personally. And then on top of the pandemic, on top of menopause, on top of this, there were a lot of things that were that were just, I felt like they were just kind of increasing the rate of, of, yeah. of the disease. So what finally worked? So, um, I started doing one, one thing I'm doing is I'm doing, um, the HRT. So I get, um, I have the, uh, hormone pellets. Um, I have, a testosterone and estrogen, uh, pellets that are inserted and I take a progesterone pill at night. Um, I have a estriol cream that is compounded with a vitamin E um, and HDEA that I um, I do a vaginal insert of that. I actually do that probably every other night 
two grams every other night, and then I apply topically. Um, and then I also discovered something new that I added to my routine is I'm, do, I'm doing um, vaginal inserts of vitamin E. They're uh, vitamin E suppositories uh-huh. that have, um, I feel like those have actually really helped just doing a separate vitamin E. Uh, and that's, I kind of, um, I switch back and forth between the uh, estriol yeah. compounded cream and the vitamin E um, suppositories. And then I also, I have the laser and, um, and the PRP. And the PRP is the, um, the, the uh, plasma. Yeah, the platelet-rich plasma. So you mentioned a couple things. And, and uh, the, the hormone therapy, the systemic hor- hormone therapy, which you're getting into your body from pellets, and then the topical estrogen cream. Now, those aren't a treatment for lichen sclerosis, but... Uh, like I said, a lot of women have a double whammy of uh, the atrophy associated with menopause. So that treats that as well as just brings more blood flow to the pelvis. So the other therapies are are more likely to work. Um, but specifically, the treatments that we've done for lichen sclerosis is you said you had a, you have a laser treatment to the vulva. And uh, which, you know, <laughs> yeah, as you can imagine, that is not a comfortable procedure. It so burns what is, your vagina. So what is that? What is that like? Now, we do a couple things to help take the edge off. But well, uh, so so let's talk about those couple of things we take the edge <laughs> off. <laughs> so first of all, um, they do they do a lidocaine cream um, that gets applied to uh, the vagina, the vaginal area. Um, and, and then I have, um, I have a special tubing that I get to take with me every day or or whenever I come have my treatment and, and it's, um, it's laughing gas. So I take that laughing gas and I breathe deeply (laughs) while, while she, uh, lasers and torches my, my (laughs) hoo-hahs. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so she, um, it, the first, the first couple of treatments that I had, um, Surprisingly, we're not bad. Um, I actually, my fir- very first treatment, I actually had my first pellets done. Um, and my pellets were actually more painful after, after than, than the la- first laser was, um, which I don't ever recommend that you get both of them done at the same time unless you are a true veteran. So, <laughs> um, but... So you like to space them out on different days? Yeah, I, I recommend that at least until at least until you get used to what the pellet insertion is going to feel like. Um, get get over that whole thing of having that in there, and and what the laser, what the procedure, the whole process of getting the laser stuff done. So um, the laser therapy that I had, um, it was it was done pretty quick. It, it goes pretty quick, um, and I had uh, the PRP as well. So I've had injected, injected. So an injection in that thin inflamed tissue is it's not a it's not a massage. No, it is. It is definitely not a massage. And I can no, it's not. And I and I know when she gets to that point, (laughs) her nurse can can attest that I I'm usually squeezing her hand pretty hard by that time. That's that's when I come awake and I know, okay we're we're close because I know exactly when I, and and I can tell in certain areas, that's usually where I'm a little more, uh, I think there's probably a little more 
either either active disease or or just a more sensitive area where I know where she's getting a shot in there and I'm like, okay, I'm it's it's we're getting close because she does the shots last. She does the shots after she does the laser. So the laser, I really don't notice I, I don't really hardly even notice when you're doing the laser. Um, but I am sucking down the the gas pretty well too. So um and yeah, it's um it's it the so the coloration uh, my discoloration is pretty much all gone. Um, I it looks yeah. So like, yeah. So I assume it, it's it's helped you since I would uh, not be coming back yeah. for repeated torture <laughs> torture treatment if uh, if it wasn't working. Um, the first couple of like I said the first couple of so how of, often did we do it or how often did you have this? So therapy? I had every believe every eight eight weeks. Ooh gosh. Either six weeks or eight weeks. I can't remember what the what our initial thing was. I think was. initially I, it was every four to six. Was it every okay? So, but I was. Um, I think I did every. I did every eight because it was actually hard to get an appointment. Uh, okay. <laughs> we were like, no, I need to do this before then, um, and and so yeah, it was the actual procedure itself. Like I said, once you get over the initial idea of what you're doing. Um, it's it's just part of the process. I was having really good results with it, so so I didn't have a problem keeping it up. Um, the PRP. One thing I did I did experiment with was I experimented with doing um, a long fast um, before one of them. Um, had I've uh, been experimenting with intermittent fasting, and I had had read some 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 paperwork on. Um, on fasting before chemo treatment, and I thought, uh, and because this is dealing with T cells and, and regeneration of cells, um, my thought process was if I can get into a fasted state um, t- to where my body is starting to produce new T cells, that maybe, yeah. So that was kind of one of my experiments. Um, I just was super hungry when I got done. <laughs> so, so that was the end of that fast. That was a quick. That was a that quick was a, experiment. Well, it was a quick experiment, and I did not do that one again. Uh, five days was a, was the, was the most I could do on that one, and 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 that's okay. Uh, it was a good experiment, and 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 I'm always going. I'm I'm always going to experiment with this because none of this is a cure. These are all um, symptom relievers. Um, for me, um, I've been able to have sex again. I've been able to have comfortable sex again, which is which is which is great. I've been able to have sex without having irritation, without having feeling like I've got I'm having a yeast infection again, um, and that's been fantastic. And you know, one thing I'm I'm very happy with. I've never I've never lost my ability to have an orgasm. Um, Let's knock on. Yeah, that's great. Lots of table wood to (laughs) knock on for that one, and so that is. um, And for me to be able to to maintain some, you know, uh, uh, some normal sex life is is important to me. It's not. It's not everything because, let's face it, you know, it's it's not everything. But um, it's important to me right now in this in this part of my life in this in this where I'm at right now. Um, and that has been tremendous being able to, like I said, and, and visually it, it, it looks great. I think it looks great. And 
and I'm seeing I've I've seen yeah. Really so good what you originally saw in the mirror that no is, itching that is reversed. Correct. So so now you don't have to do these treatments as often. Correct. How often are you doing the treatments to so, for, for maintenance? We so call it. so we're going. So we are up to every two months, I believe, is where we're at right now. So we're we're basically taking a, a longer time in between, um, and. And and I don't know. We'll we'll have to see see how this. We'll just have to see how this goes. Um, I I want to I want. <laughs> I don't want to say I, I want a miracle, but I do want a miracle. And uh, so yeah. Uh, but I'm 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 thrilled with what it is right now. And and I'm. So do you have I'm any good. symptoms anymore? Um, I do have. I can t- I can tell you when I say that this is not a cure because I do know I can feel if I'm in a flare. And I know that I can tell you right now, I'm in a flare right now. Um, and and I can tell you that it is, it is stress related. Um, and I had a I had a wicked cold a couple of weeks ago. And um, and I and I feel like this is this is the result of a wicked. And it wasn't covid, but this is the, uh, the result of a wicked cold and really poor eating because I was eating all kinds of stuff that I do not normally eat. Um, I have found that if I, um, if I, if I, I have found that a keto uh, diet works well for me um, and it works well with inflammation for me. Um, and if I'm off of that, if I track, if I get too far off of that, it, it is, I, I can tell that I start to flare and that's where and that's where I'm at right yeah, now. Yeah, I think there's a lot of thought process behind that of, you know, I think nobody 100% knows what causes lichen sclerosis. We think it has to do with an autoimmune disease and in the functional world, autoimmune diseases can be triggered by food sensitivities, particularly um, gluten, dairy, and obviously those are uh, avoided in things like fasting and ketogenic diets. So, um it, and it makes and, sense. And and viral infections yep. can can trigger other underlying cause other underlying symptoms and or other underlying conditions that you have. So it can it can trigger other things. Um, and that's kind of what like I said, that's where I'm at right now. But we're not talking it's it is I am full on in suppression mode of 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 my diet and my stress level. So um, it's yoga every night. <laughs> yeah. I do my meditative yoga. So, well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Like, um, I know it's a, it's a really sensitive issue. A lot of things that are related to intimacy and, uh, very personal, um, aspects of your life. So I really hope that, uh, anybody listening that this has helped them. Do you have any last words of advice or anything you want to say to our listeners that can relate to your journey? So what I would what I would like to say is that that there is hope with this. Don't let this rule your life. Um, I let it rule my life for and 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 lead my life, and that's not what I need to be doing. Um, I need to be able to manage it. And there's a big difference between letting this lead your life and being able to manage it. Um, and everything there, are, everybody's body is different. And so trial and error, 
trial and error with creams that can help uh, relieve itching, that can help um, relieve some of the uh, the dryness. There's all different kinds of, there's a, a plethora of products out there to try. And you just have to try and figure out which works best for you. Um, but don't give up hope. There are different kinds of treatments and you just you just need to figure out which one's right for you. Everything's not going to be right for everybody, but don't give up hope. Amen. Thank you so much for joining You're us. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Her. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the web. Go to www.dramybrenner.com to learn more. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute as medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. The information in the podcast and any references, material, or links are at the sole discretion of the listener and not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical issues or diagnoses that they may have and should seek medical advice from their healthcare provider for any such conditions.